goody. Okay, good. So we're all on the same uh, uh, yeah. station here. Um, in the fourth edition, um, on page 355 from the story, it might have been worse. Um, I was reading and and uh, I think this is pretty uh, uh, yeah. informational. From the start, I liked everything about the AA program. I liked the description of the alcoholic as a person who has found that alcohol is interfering with his social or business life. The allergy idea I could understand because I am allergic to certain pollens. Some of my family are allergic to certain foods. What could be more reasonable than some people, including myself, than that some people, including myself, were allergic to alcohol? The explanation that alcoholism was a disease of a twofold nature, an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind cleared up a number of puzzling questions for me. The allergy we could do nothing about. Somehow our bodies had reached the point where we could no longer absorb alcohol in our systems. The why is not important. The fact is that one drink will set up a reaction in our system that requires more. That one drink is too much and a hundred drinks are not enough. The obsession of the mind was a little harder to understand. And yet everyone has obsessions of various kinds. The alcoholic has them to an exaggerated degree. Over a period of time, he has built up self-pity and resentments towards er anyone or anything that interferes with his drinking. Dishonest thinking, prejudice, ego, antagonism towards anyone and everyone who dares to cross him, vanity and a critical attitude are character defects that gradually creep in and become a part of his life. Living with fear and tension inevitably results in wanting to ease that tension which alcohol seems to do temporarily. It took me some time to realize that the 12 steps of AA were designed to help correct these defects of character and so help remove the obsession to drink. The 12 steps, which to me are a spiritual way of living, soon meant honesty thinking, not wishful thinking, open-mindedness, a willingness to try and a faith to accept. They meant patience, 
tolerance and humility, and above all, the belief that a power greater than myself could help. That power I choose to call God. How's that, Paul? That's all? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that in your, in, in, uh, that's a short, uh, it's, I, I, I know. Amazing, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Mickey. Yeah, great. First of all, uh, let's see. The idea of, I would never put the allergy before the mental obsession. I would put the mental obsession as the first, where the problem resides is in the mind. And then the allergy that confuses us even more because obviously if you had were allergic to peanuts, you'd probably not eat peanuts. Yeah. But we're allergic to, let's say you want to call it alcohol, but we keep drinking alcohol. So it's not the allergy. It's the, it's the obsession with mind. Yeah. My feeling. So I would put that as primary before the allergy. Uh, I don't believe a lot of these qualities she says are going to come back. I don't think many of us were exhibiting them that much before we crossed the line. I, I feel like uh, most of us started out in some way or form to be obsessed with self to a degree where uh, before I ever drank, I couldn't put myself in other people's shoes. I just thought, I had absolutely no effect on anyone because I did wasn't worth anything. So this was way before the drinking and the uh, stuff happened. So uh, I see this in a different way than this lady did, which is the beauty of recovery. Yeah, the recovery is the point, and then how you see it could be, you know, if it helps other people, that's great, and if it helped you, that's great. So. I like to just to get to the exact nature of it. I do believe there is an addiction before the addictions start appearing in our lives. And that addiction goes unnoticed, which is the head, whatever that is up there, is addicted to this idea of being me. Yeah. And uh, it can see a lot of people who share the same problem, but will stubbornly believe I don't even though it is the same problem, I will see it as unique and special. See, so I feel this disease, the disease of all diseases is this obsession with self. And uh, I don't know if I was obsessed with tons of other shit. I was obsessed with self, basically. And then that led me to getting obsessed over what the temporary relief I would get from that. But, uh, I didn't have time to be obsessed about much else. <laughs> it was mostly the planet Paul that was the only significant sphere moving in my mental skies, so to speak. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And yet me and this lady could sit right next to each other in recovery. Yeah. So that's the point. But uh, I would... Uh, over the years, uh, 
I feel there's a great importance to get to the root of things. And maybe I have an extremeness in me that uh, when that became obvious, the root of the problem in my, in this view was this obsession with self. I didn't move from there really, because I saw if you don't see that it's, you're going to be looking from its effects most of your life, unbeknownst to us, literally. And so it hides in plain sight because it's where we're uh, entranced with an act of being identified as it. So we start taking its conditions at our conditions. Yeah. And it's proclamations at our proclamations. And when it says it hates that person, we believe we hate that person. And I, I just feel uh, there is a gap or a pause between uh, us and that, which we're identified as. Yeah. Now that gap seems to have been closed with the act of being identified, that obsession, that I, that ideation, but it's still there. Yeah. And so at first we need something to get between me and me, which was the program of recovery. Yeah. And so first I had to be it, that role had to be done by institutions when I was younger because left to my own devices, I always had to be led by other people, by my own managing, my managing my life, which wasn't me managing it. Obviously, it was something else I call self. In the in the managing of my life by self, it always led me to having to be managed by other people. So I experienced relief somewhat from this bondage of self when I was incarcerated or in a two-year program. Yeah. But it was only a conditional pause or a conditional freedom, like a ceasefire that could be changed at any moment. And uh, and it did. When I would leave that institutional setting, I was uh, a right target to be taken over again. And therefore, I did. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of us learn the hard way. And after being in a program for two years and really... Uh, not liking how they ran it and what they what happened and everything, but having to begrudgingly admit that my life looked better with them running it than with me running it. And basically, they were very clear who they were dealing with. They were not dealing with Paul. They were dealing with an addict and an alcoholic. And with that unswerving view of my condition, it was the best way to look at me because I took offense as the idea of Paul. Paul doesn't think he should have to do this or do that, but they were very clear that I was an addict alcoholic. Yeah, that was the dominant uh, representation, not me. Me was just a, a figurehead. And so uh, uh, this led me to see that the exact nature of the wrong I feel in the terms of recovery is presented on page 64, and that is being convinced self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. We will now look at its common manifestations. And then the next paragraph is resentment. Yet every time I heard was told about doing an inventory, I was told to look at my resentments. 
So this ignorance of the exact nature of, of the wrong was passed on in the program of recovery, humbly. That's what I felt. And just looking at what it says, I have a certain level of English comprehension, and it sort of sounds like self is something other than us. Yeah? And it's that which has defeated us, not us. It's humbly. That's just how it... I can't see it any other way. When people tell me self and us are synonymous, I don't believe so. It would have been, that's not the English that I learned. Us sounds like a collective and self sounds like a singularity. Yeah. <laughs> now, how could the collective be defeated by a singularity? That's the interest. Yeah. Interesting thing. Yeah. So isn't the problem resides in the mind. So let's just call it the self-centered system. And when we're saddled with that self-centered system, which is a very jealous system, it doesn't want to have you see any other possibility but listening to life from it, yeah? That self-centered system, any life run on that self-centered system or on self-will is hardly going to be a success, yeah? That is, that is a clear description of something took us over and is directing our life. And we're we're reaping the rewards and the punishments from that direction. Yeah. Now, how can that direction stay in power when it's not a clear, orderly direction? It brings a lot of fucking terrible shit. Yeah. Well, the parasite has an incredible strategy. It convinces the host that it's the parasite, it's the host. Yeah. So we're thinking we're listening to us, but we're listening to self. Yeah, this is my humble offering. It works for me. It works for me. It has been working for me ever since I saw self as something foreign to me. And I don't even like the word self, actually, because it gives it too much credit. I think it's a mental act called selfing. Yeah. So the head and its reliance on memories and uh, the interpretation of perceptions is in the act of being identified as a self. It's called selfing. And if you're listening to that radio station, you're probably dressing like it tells you you should dress and buying the products it tells you you should buy. Yeah? So basically, I, I mean, uh, I've been convinced, you know. It hit me very strongly around seven years in sobriety. And I've been thoroughly convinced of that since. And I've been open to other possibilities. I just haven't heard one. Yeah. So here we are, a member of recovery, uh, sharing uh, something that I think is profoundly important in recovery, which is to get the exact nature of the wrong clear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it'll bring an understanding about a lot of shit that confuses you. It will. Yeah, and maybe uh, blue will appear to be blue and red will be red. You know, some clarity will become the governing principle in your life now instead of insane advertisings and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, if people show up, I'll just keep showing up because I feel, uh, in a sense, it's just a seat assignment that I find myself in. Yeah. I wouldn't have gotten up if not if any if other people were sharing it. But when I was involved, you know, in the younger years, in a very enthusiastic fellowship of recovery, San Francisco, I just fucking never heard it. 
Yeah. And I heard, and I passed on inventory instructions. Yes, you're going to look at your resentments, your fears. And I don't see it that way now. I don't believe they're your, they're your resentments. I believe you feel they're, like they're yours because that's the act of being identified as self. When you're in the act of being identified as self, you're going to identify with its manifestations as yours. And there's the evidence. We call resentments mine, fear mine. Yeah. And uh, how are you going to be free from something if you keep aligning yourself with it? It just can't, doesn't work. And then our community saw what happens when that confusion reigns supreme, which is there's going to be a lot of self trying to get out of self. And it says that's an impossibility. That was an observational revelation. It came from members in recovery doing exactly that. They thought they were getting out of self. And then there was a realization it was self trying to get out of self, which points to the exact nature of the wrong, which is an act of being identified as something that you're not. I mean, I can't see there's a very clear direction to it's the symptoms and the cause. I mean, it's a perfect recognition. It's not like the symptoms and then some wild fucking metaphysical idea. No, you can see the effects and bring it to the cause. Yeah, and the, and the program gave us a lot of hints. The problem resides in the mind. Yes? Yeah. All right. What's What, what do we call mind? The thinking or, you know, activity, yes? So we run into what? Alcoholic thoughts. Yeah, addictive thoughts. We've actually, through the punishment of this fucking tyranny, we've actually come to some understandings that a lot of the thoughts that are playing in my head are alcoholic thoughts. Yeah, coming from something other than me. So I'm, I'm picking up broadcasts which doesn't have me as the hierarchy of value. Yeah, I'm seen as a form of transportation for this fucking thing to express itself through. And then we get left holding the bags in prison and everywhere else. Yeah. And then you go to re rehabs and the self doesn't get fucking addressed. It's there with you, but you're going to all the fucking meetings. You're doing everything and no one's fucking pointing out the self in a sense. Maybe they are now. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. There's that foreign passenger, that alien passenger that goes seemingly with you wherever you go. So now it's telling you when you're in rehab, obviously, you don't need to be in rehab. And it does all this shit. Yes, I mean, why do, why do people who love to take inventory of others have an incredible time taking inventory of themselves? Don't you think that's unusual? And if you got promised at the end of the process, some motherfucker is going to listen to you for four to seven hours, it sounds like, wow, man, it sounds like... Uh, a holiday for a uh, narcissus, you know, <laughs> you can have someone else stare at the image of the pond with you. Yeah. For seven hours. And yet, no, it takes months to finally do an inventory. What? <laughs> because something doesn't want you to see it. And if you look at your role in things, you're going to see its role in things because its role in things is a major player in your role of things. It is. This is, I humbly believe now, if you don't, you think I'm completely wrong, it doesn't fucking matter. This is an invitation. 
You know, as long as it gets into through the mail slot, I've done my job. What you do with it, you can throw it out. It doesn't fucking matter. My job is just to put it out there. That's the seed assignment. My job is not to uh, find success in outcomes. It's not. I have no interest. I don't care. I just put it out there. There you go. I feel like everyone should have the right to hear it. Whatever they do with it is not up to me. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. I've been pounding away at it now for 30, what, a long fucking time. It's And yet every day is fresh. It is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So that's what we're offering. So all this other stuff is great. There's so much great stuff. All the, this is not changing the steps. It's bringing a, like a different view to the steps. Yeah. I think it's a view that was totally uh, offered in page 64. If you don't say, if that doesn't sound like uh, an instruction for an inventory, which is it starts with the condition, the one who's going to do the inventory needs to be in being convinced of what self. Being convinced self, what? Manifested in various ways is what has defeated us, okay? Before you do the inventory, you got to be convinced of that. Very cool. Hopefully, with a now a meager understanding, us and self are different. Self is the defeater. The us is the defeated. Yes? Very clear. Yeah. You are not the... you. <laughs> You know, it's like when people say they hate themselves, they're mistaken. Something hates you. It's not you. It isn't. But in the act of identification, we think it's me hating me, which is insane. Yeah. There's very little animals who are but being driven by instinctual drives that hate themselves. <laughs> they're out there just getting some food, hopefully fornicate to reproduce, and shit like that, and fucking find a place to lay down, and they're into comfort, you know? I mean, you ever watch cats and dogs? They pick out the best beds. They're fucking chilled out. Yeah. I mean, shit. Yeah. I don't see my dog hating itself. I just don't. I, it doesn't come up to me. I hate myself. It just doesn't. Nor does the cat. <laughs> Sometimes I may think the cat hates me, but it doesn't hate itself. Where does this crazy ideas come from? Only by through the act of being identified as self. How could you? So the, when the host takes itself to be, have that, when the host identifies with the, the characteristics of the parasite, that's, you're gone. Yeah, you're in an advanced stage of something. Yes, where you can't, you can't, you, there's no line between what are your manifestations and the parasite's manifestations. And the host is truly, its nature is completely different than the parasitical nature. To have that all mixed up is a powerful con concoction. It is. Yeah. To come to terms with the way you are as an adult that had no semblance of what you were like when you were growing up. And to have some fucking, and to think there's a conti continuity to that, that you've been Paul this whole time. No, Paul got taken over by something. 
and it's going by the name of Paul. And it's not Paul. Paul's lost somewhere. Yeah. Obviously is because it's calling something that it's not it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, sounds like a beautiful instruction of an inventory. Very clear. The requirement being convinced. The target itself. How it has defeated us by its manifestations. We are now going to look at some of its common manifestations. So that what? So that we can recognize self through its manifestations and hopefully call it not me. I feel there's the instruction of the fourth step. You can do it that way. Very clear. Yeah. And then see what happens. And then maybe a life... In that's full of resentment, at least they won't be yours. Yeah, because you can see a resentment in the wild doesn't have a long life, yeah? But when it becomes your resentment and you're feeding it and giving it a lot of attention and it's the, it's the, cause, it's the cause of your life, get all the grievances are involved in that, that resentment can live as long as you can, 60 fucking years. Isn't that insane? That, that parasite can just glom on you for 60 years. Ride you, ride, ride you in recovery, ride you in everything. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's an important point to try to get across. I feel it's such an important cross to, to get across is basically my life's dedication, so to speak. Yeah, which isn't difficult to just hear and I, I'm not saying a damn thing. I just, my ass just has to be here. That's all I need to do. Something does the rest. It's pretty, pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> In the life of self, it has these big holes where it does nothing, like coming to these talks five times a week. And then it gets back and into its agenda afterward, you know. <laughs> so... I'm happy you're here for the ride. I hope there's that loving presence, no matter what you believe or don't believe, coming through, even through this paraphernalia of technology Zoom. And, uh, you know, what you and I may not be able to understand, we can. Yes. So, yeah. There we go. So, beautiful reading. I just don't, you know, to me, if I saw the root of the problem, I would give up being a landscaping of the, or, you know, changing the effects like the leaves and shit. I'd go right to becoming a root doctor, just the way it's my head. That's just how it works. Yeah. I mean, what's the first thing? Because it has the, it has a huge influence on everything else. Yeah. I much rather get clear about that and have faith that the other shit will clear itself up when this gets clear, yeah? And I still have that same view, yeah? I don't see the point of manicuring a, like a mutated fucking tree. I'd much rather get to the root and see what's going on, yeah? Which is the exact nature of the wrong. Yeah, so, what you know, how could we have known that we are excessively obsessed over this idea of self. I mean, obviously, it's the it was brewing way before we were introduced to drinking and shit. 
Yeah, that's probably for me. Drinking was a solution to its effects. Yeah, I mean, I drank to get relief from this thing. Yeah, so uh, it was on a very obsessive nature to begin with, since about five or six. Yeah, so yeah, I think the exact nature of the wrong uh, doesn't just spring up drinking, and obviously doesn't stop when you stop drinking. Yeah. 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 So thanks. Thank you. Yeah, Paul. Thank you. Um, you know, for me, I had to get sober. I had to get clean before I could uh before I could realize the root of the problem, before I could even comprehend. Um, what we're truly dealing with. I had to go through the, the, the given program mechanically. Uh, I had to read the words before I could hear the message. Yes. Yeah. Well, this is one of the sticky part, points. So if this was an ideal world where you could close off the, the gathering of information and then just have some kind of, well, you can't hear this message until you're 10 years sober, shit like that. It would be great probably. And then it would have its unintended consequences. Yeah. So yeah, I always understand when people would get upset with me because they think uh, this could mislead a person. Well, basically everything can. Everything has a has two possibilities. It can be a medicine or a fucking poison. I mean, that's the way it is here. So I would have loved it. Yes. Like in the old historical idea of non-duality, non-duality would be presented way later after the person was disillusioned by all its attempts to arrive at where it already was. Yeah. So they were primed to hear the message. Now, Someone 11 years old who's looking for porn can get it fall into a non-duality site and hear of non-duality. Yeah, 12. It's just the information is dangling everywhere. There's so much knowledge. There's nothing. No one's getting the knowledge. Yeah, It's just like a fucking avalanche of information. And, uh, you know, our ears may not be ready to hear that. Yeah. So this is the case. So, yeah. I would say do what you need to do that mechanical way. And, but uh, because I, when I was doing a lot of talking around other places, there would be a pattern of people hitting around 10 or 12 years or so. And they were starting to think there was something they needed and they didn't think it was in AA. So they were starting to look outside. We're just trying to bring that shit in. Yeah, so that there's no need right. to leave AA. Let's just have those books on the shelf. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, that's that's what that's my experience. I always knew that there was something more. Yes, yes. you know, deep in my innermost knew that that this yeah. was was the costume. But I needed to see the actor naked. Yes, yes, of course. For most people, that's the case. 
And, you know, like I said, I would love a world where you would have to get a personal invitation to everything. But obviously, it's not that way. Yeah. yeah. But see what I feel. Steering everything is a higher power, which is unimaginable what it can do or what it does with everything. And I truly believe by witnessing other people's lives and my own, it sees value in everything. So the, the failures or the being misled is going to be very valuable if you just stay with the, you know, stay on the operating table, don't get up and don't play doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's out of my hands. So yes, if it causes harm or if it brings goodness, what do you, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. I've wrestled with it because, uh, I ran into a lot of fucking resistance in recovery, uh, which I thought this was a, a gospel, it's good news, you know? And I could see, and I less listened to people, but then again, uh, Well, the parasite doesn't want to be identified. No, that's for sure. That's for sure. Of course not, because why? It's a parasite. It's not a deep reason. It's just yeah. that a parasite needs to be clothed in in uh, stealthness, yeah, because of its nature. It needs the host. <laughs> the facade doesn't want to be recognized as, as merely a facade. Of course not. And if that's all you're listening to, it sounds like it's a real facade. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But that's why Fault. I do what you do and then come back and do the inventory with this type of view and see. Because uh, like the simplest, one of the simplest visions of the Course in Miracles, if you've ever heard of it, is oh, le yeah. lesson two, where it just describes what's actually happening, which is you and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a powerful position to be in, yes? And yeah. if something is masquerading and using that power to give everything all the meaning it wants them it to have, that's a pretty, uh, that's, a, that's a situation, so to speak, yeah? That something is using this powerful source for its own ends. And where the where the being used that way, and we're actually it's a rough ride for us when it does it. Yes, and That's so great. the importance of it uh, to me outweighs the dangers that could possibly happen. It does. I mean, sure. and also I believe everyone has their own higher power, and uh, yeah, I. How do I know what's? I can only go based on the the the. The, the the divine urge to share as a recognition of its validity, so to speak. And I would imagine the quality that I feel it comes from is going to be exhibited in the giving of it. Yeah. The message. Yeah. Well, so. you know, what I've observed is that the understanding of, of the, the activity of selfing um can can happen can be recognized no matter what uh anyone's concept of a higher power is 
Yes, yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the point is, it's uh, if you've lived under something, let's say a, tyr a tyrannical regime or everything, you're the ones who are going to write the books about it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, if you lived under it with the hopes that it may bring someone to the recognition they're living on, in this case, under the same tyranny. Yeah. Right. To start having a little suspicious uh, <laughs> uh, view of that, which was taken to be just me. And this is just the way it is. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a powerful invitation. Sure. When you, yeah. Because you will see uh, activities that, have finite traits and seem to be exhibiting through a lot of us. Yeah. And like there's the whole idea of the statement of with all of us thinking we're uniquely different and all this ending up at the same three parking spaces, institution jails of death, that, that tells a lot to me. That means that f makes me feel like there's one driver and we're the, we're the fleet of the cars that are being driven. Yes. Yeah. And in this case, it's the, got the perfect takeover because the radio in the car keeps saying, you did it. <laughs> You're <laughs> going there. So basically, this can go on and on for quite a while. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, for some people, if there's a heavy enough consequence, they stop, obviously. They realize they finally get the sense, oh, you know, every time I'm in trouble, I've been drinking. All right. Okay. That's pretty good. Check out. I had no, I was not aware of that. And now they're realizing, and that opens up, wait a minute. And then why, even with that incredible recognition, you keep doing it. Yeah. It starts telling exactly. you. Yes. It's an alien force as you, and self-knowledge is not going to avail you anything because <laughs> It's something is is overriding the knowledge of itself by the claim mm -hmm. of being self that knows it. Yeah, it is. It neuters knowledge. Many of us knew we've been fucked for years, yet it, it, it didn't cause any getting, you know what I mean? There was no yeah. behavioral change because all the all the the realizations you would think would come from tons of evidence were overridden by the occupation. Yeah, it just you just keep running into the same wall over and over again. Yeah, just to me, it all implies there's something going on. Something has taken us over and is using us. Yeah, and to me, to get that message across, let's be flamboyant. Let's look at it as a parasitical nature, so you can have an imagery, and the whole point is just to get the idea that it may not be you. Because I found the freedom is not as self. The freedom is from self. Right. And so first you have to see you're not self to have freedom from it. If you don't see you're not self, you're going to constantly keep trying to have freedom as it. Yeah. And that to exactly. me is another form of bondage. Yes. That's so. self trying to get out of self. Exactly. So, Yeah. I just put it out there. It's not me, actually. I've I've lost interest in this years and years ago. I'm like a mule or a donkey. I'm not going to get a treat. I just I'm in the habit of going to the trough and 
<laughs> waiting until it's over to get what I want, which may be bagel <laughs> or something. <laughs> its goals have been very, they've been, it's not looking for total domination, just like, please take my opinion on the pumpkin pie, you know? All right. Yeah. <laughs> We'll have pumpkin pie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so. That's oh, why David Bitterman had his hand up. David, did you still want to? Uh, oh, yeah. I was, I, yeah, thank you, Mickey. No, you know, Paul, I just wanted to say it was, it was, I, I really appreciate the work you've done in putting this message out there. And, you know, in the trip in Dover to see sort of on the ground and, and working with, with situations and people either newly or once again in recovery and, and spreading this message is huge because I, at one point in time, I was one of those people who felt um, a little bit boxed in and enclosed by some of the ideologies and things I was bumping into in, in my community of recovery. And some of that was a, an ingredient in the, the parasitical recipe that sort of led me back out to, to experience another round. And I recall before then, you know, I had done that thing. I'd tried like leaving AA and going to like the, you know, rash or Buddhist recovery and these other things and, and getting into the non-duality and thinking I could supplant it. And, and I tried all those routes and it availed me nothing. And I remember previously I'd come across your videos and things and I was like in a way because I had left the program I was like oh he reminds me too much of like a guy at AA who's, who's proselytizing this message and then when I found myself in the position of needing to hear it I remembered that's exact you know what I mean it, it was the exact what I needed at that moment in time as, as an intervention was the message that you're sharing and I feel like maybe if it was out there a little more maybe I would have found it before taking you know a road trip or going through that but I, I know it's been a personal sacrifice to you, you know, it being sort of from the action figure being ostracized from your local community and things like that, but you've continued to fight to put it out there. So I just wanted to say it, it means a lot to me. I think I had a better understanding of, of what, you know, of what your mission was and, and uh, just want to thank you, you know, from the bottom of my heart for doing it. Well, thank you, Dave. And first of all, yeah, there's no sacrifice. I mean, when it says oh, you're willing to go to any lengths, the lengths have been no lengths. <laughs> it's very simple. <laughs> I know it wasn't, you know, received you with open arms. going to any lengths, yeah, at six in the morning and shit. So, yeah. no, it's been pretty. And the whole point is uh, it's the message uh, and the messenger, not the messenger with a message. Yes, it's the message. I don't, yeah, I have no, yeah, I'm, I'm all taken care of. Sure. It's just, uh, yeah, I just got a bug up my butt about getting clarity. If I saw a lot of demonstrations of happy, joyousness, and free all over it, I wouldn't say anything. I would just, uh, but I still see a lot of suffering. And especially the obvious one that gets under my skin is this being captured by the past, by the idea that you were the doer of the shit that you were compelled to do by alcoholism. That one is fucking old for me. 
it's that one, you know, to have 40 years of sobriety and still be entertaining that you did these terrible things 41 years ago. I just, that, that, uh, that just rubs me wrong. So that's still the bondage of self, isn't it? Well, yes, the bondage has a very long arm. It can reach out of the past to 40 years in the future and still hold you because of the idea of being the doer. And you're the, you're the doer no matter what. Yeah. And that's not the case. You were taken over just like when you're taken over, when you get the flu or the virus. Yeah. And then you have to start behaving differently because something is, is having a, is having a say in how your day is, which is the flu. So you do this. Well, this is a very active disease. It likes to use you for transportation. It likes drama. It likes fucking excitement. It likes to be right. It likes, it feeds off of these fucking things. And it uses you to keep doing the same old fucking same old. And it does the same thing to all these different people who have alcoholism and addiction. Yeah, they all, they all, how many times, how many new alcoholics have you met? They fucking, they're leading, they're, they're, the chin they're leading with is alcoholism. I've heard it be fucking before. They, it's like a, oh, my name is Steve. That's That's completely secondary. It's the occupation of the alcoholism is what's talking. Yeah. Steve is long for it's it's in this subterranean little dungeon. Yeah. Haven't you? I've met thousands of people, but in a sense, I've only met maybe less than 10 demonstrations of alcoholism. They were all the same, same old, same old, same old story. You know, it's just insane. And why can we be incredible soothsayers? I can tell someone's future completely. Not because I studied Steve's resume, but he has alcoholism untreated, and I know what's going to fucking happen. <laughs> it's because that's what happens. Yeah. It's going to be, you're going to have to emphasize all these little things to try not to see the big elephant in the room. And so you're, you'll have a myopic view of this person really fucked with me with this giant elephant of alcoholism looming in you. And you can see, it's just, I've met it. I've met it over and over again. Some of them were family members. I was that. I've watched it, man. So this idea of singularity reigns supreme, I do not believe so. I think we have been taken over by the same fucking thing. Yeah, and it has finite traits and it always overplays its hand. It's always reveals its fucking true intention. It doesn't give a shit about you. We use it. Just look at like when you're at a bar or something and you you slip. What gets saved? The drink. Yes. If you're riding your bike, it's only a hundred bucks and you go and you start leaning towards the gully, you try to save the fucking bike at the expense of you. Haven't you heard it? When a situation comes, it shows the, its value system. You're way on the way on the lower end of the totem pole. It, when I used to surf, you'd run into the rocks, you'd try to save the board. Because the board was worth 400 bucks. At that moment, you weren't worth 400 bucks. 
<laughs> you want that to be the director of your life? <laughs> Check it out. Check it out. Do you save the object or the you? You'll try to save the object. Yes. The object in its hierarchy of value has more value than you. How's your life going? I mean, it's obvious. You don't need tons of examples. A couple will do because it just does the same fucking thing over and over again. Yeah. It's not. It doesn't have infinite traits. It leaves the same marks on everyone it takes over. Yeah. Yeah. So. And you can be free from it. Uh, you can have that state that they say is possible. The problem does not exist for you anymore. Bamo. Exactly. The problem does not exist for you anymore. Now, they may have been talking about the incessant drive to drink, and now you're you're insane about that, but you could use it to the exact problem, which is the occupation of the bondage of self. That cannot exist for you anymore. Yeah? When? Thursday. Yeah. Where? Here. Now, the funny thing is, when you're free from the bondage yourself, you won't, it won't be being pointed out. You'll just be free from the bondage yourself. The self will come in and say, you're free from the bondage yourself, and now it will sort of be the end of it. <laughs> but usually, when you lose interest, you lose interest in constantly checking out your own condition all fucking day. You just live. You're living. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're available and engaged and then you have times of rest and times of activity and shit and then there you go there's no notes have been taken you've just lived the day yeah <laughs> there's no conclusion that's met yeah there's no final meaning it's just living yeah yeah it's cool that's when you've heard the pop uh, the thing is, yeah, the problem does not exist for you anymore. Wow. That's incredible, because, especially if knowing how powerful this problem was, to have it not exist for you anymore is a damn good solution. I mean, to me, I don't believe a lot of what we call solutions here are solutions. That's a solution. That is a solution. The problem does not exist for you anymore. That's a fucking, that's a, to me, that's a valid solution. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's like, it's not like, oh, this is the solution. Slow killing poison or quick killing poison. They don't sound like solutions to me. <laughs> you know, but this does. So, yeah, it's cool. All right. Anyone, any other person sharing? I don't see any hands, Paul. All right, good. Well, we'll start saying goodbye. Yeah. First off, Michael Stacy. I always appreciate Mike. I'm gonna see you next week, eh? Yep. 
Yep. Michael is making a pilgrimage to the yeah. holy land, the holy site. Yep. Yes. Got my room ready. Uh, I'll be great. Kathleen G, nice to see you, honey. Yeah, she's waiting for a new apartment. It's coming soon. Very good. Mickey, as always. Axel, nice to see you. Joseph C. We got Chris B. Wayne. David Bitterman. Yes, David. Nick V. Miak. <laughs> There's Mia. Every time I see Mia, it triggers me, triggers a sense of great security about my gluten-free biscotis. We still have some. Nice to see you, Mia. Thank you for all the your your endless generosities. Yeah. Walter, the brother from another mother. Yeah. Sukai. Sukai Endor. That's beautiful. N capital D capital Endor. Endor. Yeah, it's nice. We got Greg Crow. I don't know who's we're talking to, but in a certain sense it doesn't matter. We got Dana. Just enjoying life. She's got a nice smile. Yes. Nina, as always, Nina is going to grace us with her presence also. Wow. Happy days. <laughs> Tom, nice to see you, Tom. Thanks for uh, holding the space with all of us. We got Roman Müller, my friend in Germany, a deep friend of mine. I have a... I've, a great fondness of Roman and Barbara and Vlad and all of us. Jeffrey in Seattle. I don't know if he's delivering eyes anymore. He's probably, now he's delivering ears. Yeah. Uh, Jules. Jules on vocals. Yeah, it's nice. Steve C. in San Diego. I think I'm going to be seeing Steve C. soon live somewhere. Yeah, at Tom's house. At Tom's house, yes. Dennis, there you go. Miranda, Miranda looking as lovely as ever. Yes. She seems to be in the eye of the storm at this moment, calm and restful. Yeah. <clears throat> Suzanne, uh, Suzanne M. We've been, we've been with each other for years now, Suzanne. Eh? Very nice. Thank you. You're a, you're a great you're a great company. Brian in Canada in BC, my probably favorite part of Canada, British Columbia. Ramsgate, Claire E. Ramsgate, Ramsgate. Oh. All right, let me see who else we got. Lee in California, Irene, Keith M. Nice to see Keith. Paula, Amy, our friend, Seattle, <laughs> Fletch, Kentucky, Rob, Oliver, Berlin, uh, Vegas, Al, Stephen T. Uh, thanks, everyone, for holding the space. 
a loving presence expressing itself through our group conscience. Not bad. Not bad for a Thursday. Okay, well, I'll be seeing you. If you're interested on the event page of Zen Bitch Slap, they have all the Zooms and all the scheduling of what's going to happen. Every Zoom does, doesn't have a password. It's the same, it's the same uh, Zoom room of all of them. So, yep, come and join us if you like. Uh, there's Cassandra. I miss Cassandra. What am I? Jeffrey and Seattle. I got Jeffrey. All right, great, everyone. Thank you. Have a, you know. Yep. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. 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 Thank you, Paul.